We're here at Sydney Dragway with what has to be one of the cleanest, tidiest Evo drag builds that I've seen. We're here with Jimmy from ERS to find out a little bit more about it. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So, Jimmy, it's hard to know if this is a show car or a drag car. Talk us through the sort of idea behind the build. It's actually a street car, but yeah, S- Sydney street car. <laughs> Sydney street car. So, yeah, it's a it's a drag roll racing street car, bit of everything. You know, it's got all of it, all the package. But yeah, man, it's it's all in one. Let's start with the intention behind the car. Obviously, if you want to keep something street streetable. The legality side of things is one element, and then you've got two very different disciplines with Mm. some crossover with roll racing and drag racing. So can you talk to us about the sort of the idea behind the the parts chosen and how that works for this build? Yeah. So obviously the intention from the owner when he approached us to build this car, it was already a bit of a show car. He loves all the show you know, the sex spec uh, look of the back in the days, auto salon days. And then we wanted to mix it up with, you know, presenting it to 2022, you know, make it look good, tough, and also perform well. And then we turned it up from there halfway through the build where he goes, no, nah, I want to break records, you know. So we're like, okay, we'll do whatever it takes to break records. And obviously all the brains behind us working hard on the circuit, building drag cars before, and, you know, what's out now, the technology out now, we said, look, let's just implement it all into the same car. I mean, obviously, technology has come a long way in the last decade or so, certainly but between the times when I was back drag racing and now it's gotten a lot easier to make power. You've got better engine components. You've got billet blocks and everything. Is it suffice to say, though, there's some compromises in a build when you want to keep the car looking as good as it does? I mean, you look at that interior, it's not stripped out. It is a work of art. Clearly, for nothing else, it's going to be heavier than a stripped out interior. Yeah, Yeah, we tried to find the balance between obviously looking awesome, not gaining too much weight, trying to lose weight, but also keeping a full interior for the fact of, you know, it's a street car. It's comfortable to drive. You can drive it anywhere and you can. Like I drove it yesterday, you know, to the track, drove it back home. But yeah, man, it, it's, we tried hard to, it's got a full cage for the safety because that was the most important thing for the owner. It's look, safety comes first. Um, it's got a parachute. It's got everything ready to set up to, to break records. And the car's got two different looks as well. Like we've got a set of drag wheels. We've got a different bonnet. We've got an exhaust out of the bonnet once we go for a time. And then we've got the street you know, sort of, as you said, legality set up where you can drive it with street tyres and stuff. Yeah. Let's just talk about that wheel package. I mean, it's a little off trajectory, but let's just cover that thing, as you mentioned. At the moment, it's sitting on a set of 18-inch SSRs, and that's going to be great for driving on the street, but not ideal no. when you want to go drag racing. It's difficult, though, because the go-to combination for drag racing is a 15-inch wheel, opens up your options for a proper drag tyre. You can't really fit that over stock Mitsubishi Evo brakes. So what have you done there to allow that 15-inch wheel to fit? So one thing that I get asked about all the time, especially in the workshop is from customers, is, you know, I want to lighten my car. I say to them, okay, lighten the rotational mass 
items first, you know, wheels, wheel studs, wheel nuts, you know, try to go to a smaller rim, obviously if it's drag, a lighter tire, brakes, anything that's spinning, right, tail shaft, stuff like that. So we've got the SSRs are just there for looks, you know, maybe roll racing, whatever. We've got the 15-inch Bellac wheels, which are a proper drag wheel, and we've got a nice, fat Hoosier 275 tire, which Hoosier has been awesome with the car. They've helped us out heaps. And, uh, yeah, we've got titanium wheel studs. We've got titanium wheel nuts. We've got – this car's got titanium through everything. I went I went all out. I said to the owner, I said, look, leave the titanium stuff to me. All the bolts and nuts and everything, we tried to go titanium. And uh, we've got wheelwood brake kit on it. So we'll see how that goes. We're a bit worried there, but we've got parachute anyway. So, yeah, 15-inch wheel, small wheelwood brake kit. And we can go with an RS non-Brembo ca- uh, front caliper if we needed to. So. And the benefit, of course, with drag racing is that while, yes, you're going to be stopping from high speed, you've got that parachute, as you mentioned, and you only have to stop once. So yeah. there's not a lot of, <laughs> a lot of heat, yeah. heat to, to dissipate out of that brake package. Okay, let's get to the exciting part, though, which is obviously the engine combination. Yeah. These days, Billet has sort of become the go-to option for anyone serious about drag racing. It looks like this is no different. Yeah, so this has got a bullet. Uh, 4G63. A lot of big drag cars go to the 64. I opted for the 63 just to keep it original. I love the 4G63, you know, setup. So we went, we worked closely with Mix Motorsport. Uh, Mix Motorsport's uh, got his engine package in this. We've obviously worked together with him on what sort of specs we're going to put cams, you know, rod combos and whatnot. So we worked together on that to make the best decision for this car. And yeah, it's got a non-Myvec head. So we, we decided it's better to just get away from the Myvec for now. Firing, gasket setup, alloy rods, um, yeah, man, custom pistons. Let's just go over a few of those elements that you've just discussed in a bit more detail. So for a start, 63 versus the 64 block, the 4G64 is a 2.4 with a factory 100mm stroke. The 63 is 88mm stroke, 2 litre. Mm. And quite often people will go to the 64 route for that extra capacity. Obviously, mm. 2.4 versus 2 litre, it's, it's a yeah. reasonably big difference. Mm. But the downside is with that 100mm stroke, it tends to hurt the mm. ability of the engine to, to rev. So is that why you you stuck with a 63 block well that's one thing obviously the 64 has a bit of a taller deck so if we ever wanted to just put a cast block in as a spare motor or whatnot at least it's all the same heights and everything so all your fabrication will yeah. work with uh, a, a factory 63 block 100 so we we wanted to keep it not complicated too much obviously the car is very high end but we didn't want to complicate that part in case we needed to try something also yeah like the 64 100 mil crank i love it i love like my car is a 2.3 liter you know i love the stroke but for obviously big power you know more harmonics all of that stuff you know revs as well yes we love the torque from the 64 2.4 but it's trying to find that balance between very different applications i mean your car which we've uh, interviewed you about and previously is for circuit racing and that bottom end response is is important and i'm guessing uh you're probably not revving to ten and a half eleven thousand rpm either so that's where the 100 mil stroke doesn't really work well that's correct yeah so it's got a 94 mil crank so just to get that revs you know 100 mil stroke again that nine ten thousand rpm it's just it's too much the 2.2 kit that you get with that 94 mil stroke that's kind of my my sweet spot as well it, yeah. g- it gives the extra capacity but still doesn't really hurt the ability of the engine to rev now you mentioned alloy rod as well yes alloy rod custom piston the alloy rods were were something that we decided to do me and mick just for obviously application and again like what you said before obviously we're very young compared to the the guys that were racing you know 20 30 years ago but i think technology has come a long way from what i understand 
on servicing alloy rods and bearings and all that. And the alloy rods definitely got some advantages. The downside is that they do tend to fatigue over time, so they don't have the service life of a steel rod. But you know, for a, a car that's not going to be running uh, sort of ten passes at the drag strip every weekend, that's probably not necessarily a huge issue. I want to come back to that head gasket uh, because this is always the weak link for any turbocharged drag engine in terms of how much boost you can physically cram into the engine and keep the head gasket sealing. So you mentioned a, a fire ring. Can you elaborate a little bit on, on what that term actually means? So firing is the seal around the cylinder. There's different combinations from what I understand, but the common firing that we use obviously in Sydney is you know copper head gasket, sealer, firing, and just send it with boost. Knowing Mick and I've bought parts from him in the past, it'll yeah. probably be the aluminium bronze sealing ring that seems to be the way and yeah. has sort of become the, the go-to standard across Pro Mod plus just about any really high output turbocharged engine. So the bottom end really is kind of there just to, to support the power in and of itself. It's not really sort of doing much other than hopefully holding together. The, the head and the turbocharger is really the sort of yeah. the key to the whole combination. You mentioned a non-Mybeck head. Are there any compromises in terms of cam profile to keep the thing somewhat streetable? Yes, like we obviously tried to go a big cam, not too big on the uh, uh, exhaust, big on the intake, sorry, opposite way, uh, exhaust bigger than the intake just to get the air out. But obviously, you know, keep it streetable. It's very nice, very lumpy, which what the owner wanted. But yeah, so we, we went away from the MyVec, even though I love MyVec and I wanted to keep the MyVec. But we just had that bit of worry of breaking the cam, which has happened on, on another car that was making like 1,100 horsepower. It's actually the owner's other car. And we just wanted to, you know what, it's not in the application for it. It's good for the circuit. We've got it in our circuit car. This is, you know, again, different application. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com free and start developing your own skills today. Generally as well, the downside with any variable valve timing mechanism is that it does tend to limit how big a cam profile you can physically fit in there. Mm. Plus, when you're looking at a rev range out to 11,000, the benefits of, of the variable cam timing tend to go out the window to a degree as well. So I think you know, it'd be a pretty standard setup for something uh, of this yeah. nature. Turbocharger, what are you running there? So we've got a Precision 8085, which the guys at PRP helped us out with that. They're the main dealers for them. It's a next gen. You know, we're going to push it, see how it goes. At the moment, we've got it on a run in tune at 900 horsepower. <laughs> so it's a pretty healthy yeah. run in tune. <laughs> so that's a, you know, you call it your Sydney running tune. Just drive it on the street, just to dial in the car. Just make sure you get all the teething issues sorted. You know, if there's a little leak here or there. And then, uh, yeah, once we're happy with it all and we do a few runs, maybe a few private test day or something, then we'll start putting some more boost in it. So, yeah. Where are you at boost-wise to make that 900? And more importantly, can you give us a sense of where you expect it to be both power and boost-wise when it's all in? Yeah. So on E85 fuel, and that's just Bowser E85, uh, we're at 50 PSI of boost, and it made 900 horsepower on a roller dyno. So we're happy with that. It was, it was good numbers, good sign. We want to try with the same fuel, just due to the fact of racing, a roll racing and the and the rules, probably try to put 60, 65 pound through it. Obviously, we're happy with the engine. The engine can handle it. You know, the head gasket setup is set up for it. And then hopefully, if we don't run out of fuel with methanol, when we want to drag the car, we might, because it's got eight injectors at the moment, eight Siemens, we might need to put 12. So yeah, 
to run the methanol and, and probably go up to like 80, 85 pound of boost. And where do you sort of see at that sort of boost level with that turbocharger? Can we take a, a stab in the dark at where you think that power might end up? We're hoping to get 1500 horsepower. If we can that sounds pretty reasonable yeah, for yeah. that combination. Yeah, yeah. 1500 horsepower with that turbo. We see ourselves obviously putting a bigger turbo later, but we just want to get the car out. You know, we, we started building this car in COVID. So it just slowed the whole process down and things changed over time. So now it's just the goal is to just get it out, run the car, but there's big plans, big goals. You know, we want to break records. Sure. Now, I've already had a quick look around the car and I couldn't help but notice that there's two blue bottles in the boot. <laughs> what are you using nitrous for and how is that nitrous being used? Is this sort of for drag racing or is it more around the, the roll racing for the boost response? A bit of both. Uh, obviously, roll racing is a bit challenging with you know getting on boost, coming onto the start line. They obviously change it sometimes, so there's different strategies you have to run. So at the moment, it's set up. The nitrous is set up. One bottle is for spool, okay. and we we can leave it on throughout the rev range, and then we've got a direct shot, a 400 shot of nos through the other bottle. So, <laughs> so that 400 shot is just in case your uh, 85 psi on its own is, is not enough to keep you happy. Yeah, so if you get it, if you want to, you know, line up next to someone that's making a lot of power, and you just want to click the button, it's there. We're not ready to start on the the 400 shot, but it's there, set up, ready to go when we're ready to use it. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk uh, about the drivetrain because this tends to be kind of the the weakness in factory four wheel drive cars when you start making this sort of power and try and run them down a, a sticky drag strip and mm. I've had my own experience of breaking more than my fair share of transmission so what, what are you running? So the driveline part honestly is my favourite part I probably speak to someone almost every day about driveline what clutch what gearbox and, and all that and because I've done so much testing in our car and I know what works in a big car like this we just never were able to do it so now that we're able to do it you know we got the green light we went to a Hollinger a Hollinger sequential just because you know it's Australian made Australian support I love supporting Australian stuff we knew that we can go paddle shift which I wanted to do in that car we've got a triple plate carbon ATS clutch in it which is you know I love those clutches and we just want to test it in a big car because there's a bit of doubt with oh you know it's more of a race clutch it's not really a drag clutch carbon doesn't really work in drag cars well we want to see what it does in this I'm confident with it all-wheel drive system and evos it takes a lot to understand them for a lot of people that you know haven't really worked with evos but we kept acd in this car active center diff we've implemented that in our race car and i've sort of tried to put it into the drag scene because i could see something that works and if you can get it to work properly on a launch then you're going to have traction for those who aren't aware of how that mitsubishi acd or active center differential works can you give us a quick rundown and where you see that advantage in a drag application so in a drag application, a lot of people with Evos have a viscous, you know, setup. So, you know, they're relying on the viscous to lock the front to rear wheel. Um, you know, if it's 50-50, it, you know, it starts spinning the front wheels too much on a launch, which, you know, you see a lot of Evos in videos, you know, they're burning the tires and smoke coming out of the front wheels. Well, that's obviously going to be slow launch and your 60 foot times are, you know, all that you need. So active center diff, we can... Through the ECU, through the hydraulic pump, we can lock it 100% lock and say, okay, all four wheels move at the same time. We're hoping that it will hold up, which I'm, I'm confident it will. And if it doesn't, well, we can mechanically lock it anyway through that transfer case. All right. What about the uh, actual actuation of that gearbox? Obviously, you've got the ability to shift a Hollinger sequential gearbox manually with a lever or paddles. 
yeah, we stuck with paddles because obviously it's latest tech. Um, you know, it's it's something that we can control. You know, what to shift and and how to shift it and what RPM range we're trying to target. We can also go auto if we want to, um, which we'll probably do later. But yeah, man, like after driving paddle shift, it's a no-brainer just to go with it. It's it's better, it's faster, and it's safer. Now, bringing all this together is really going to rely heavily on the electronics package. So the ECU, the dash, etc. Talk us through that. Yeah, so Mtron, obviously, uh, we, we work with them very well. Um, they've supported the car, and we hit them up and said, look, we want the best of everything, and we might go to a 12-injector later, and we've got, man, you know, over 50 sensors in this car can, looking at everything. So Mtron um, got us a KV12, and it's controlling, you know, the ACD, it's controlling the paddle shift and obviously all the engine package stuff. So, yeah, man, we can look at, we can look at everything, wheel speeds and, you know, even the suspension, all can, can, we can log through the ECU. Now, another element that we talked about off camera is you incorporated a drive-by-wire throttle on the intercooler plumbing as well. Yep. Can you talk us through how that works in conjunction with the Mtron? Yeah, so Mtron's, you know, talked us into putting a second throttle body for anti-surge. You know, it's good for spool, launch, um, obviously keeping the turbo happy and the boost up. So we wanted to go with that. We trust that Mtron, you know, all the tech and data and, you know, the development they've done with it. So, man, we said, you know, it's a no-brainer. Oh, look, it is an amazing car and it's a credit to everyone who's been involved with building it. Shame it isn't quite ready for a full power pass down the strip, but uh, we certainly look forward to hearing the results when it does hit the strip. So thanks for showing us around the car, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And thanks to everyone that's involved in the car. You know, obviously thanks to HP Academy, um, you know, Mtron, Mixed Motorsports, PRP, everyone that's involved in the car, man. It, it was a long process. It's a big car. It's probably one of the best Evos in the world at the moment. But yeah, we've just got to do some times now. But as they say, good things do take time. That's it. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to help us getting the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe. It's a one-stop shop when it comes to going faster, stopping quicker and cornering better.